0: now recording. I am Jonathan Dixon. I'm here with Grandma Jean Christensen. Say hello, Grandma.
1: Hello, Grandma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're here on the My Family Her Story podcast, and it is March 18th, 2021. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Our goal here is to preserve in podcast form stories and memories for future generations and to have a good time. Today, we're talking about the last half of the 1950s, but specifically what it was like to be new parents, a new mother, because at the end of last week's last uh, the last episode, my mom was born. And so from here on out, you are Artigine Christensen, the mother who will eventually become Jean Christensen, my grandmother so uh that's what we'll be talking about this week and uh just to uh sort of start the conversation off what was being a new mother like
1: well for me personally it was sort of like a dream come true something that i had planned on my whole life something that i had looked forward to something that i thought was my life's work my destiny my my uh, future the whole the whole thing was wrapped up in in becoming a mother and being a mother and rearing a family and those were the things that were in my heart and I was really I was really grateful when I was really grateful when we knew that we were going to be parents that didn't make it any easier. It was a My my first I think I think we talked about um, The last time we talked, I think we talked about being um, me going across the United States in the Greyhound bus, uh, three days straight traveling with with no break in between. And I finally arrived in what was like a new world. Oh my goodness. I'll just say that I arrived there in South Carolina and it took me about three weeks to begin to understand what in the world people were saying. It sounded like a new language to me.
0: A heavy Southern accent.
1: <laughs> and I, I did not understand them and I couldn't figure out why they couldn't understand me. But nevertheless, that, that soon wore off and soon I was able to, to manage whatever needed to be done but there i was on the far end of the country with nobody i knew except my husband the only person anywhere that i had ever met before <laughs> so it was a it was a, a serious difference and then when at last we realized that we were really going to have a child, oh, my, my life was certainly different. Suddenly, I thought, why am I so tired all the time? (laughs) Why do I feel this, this way? (laughs) Why, why is it like this? And so on. And I didn't have a mama or a cousin or a, aunt or anybody to talk it over with. So I just sort of figured it out as we went along. <laughs> so anyway, that was, that was quite different. And then another thing that was very different for me was that the, uh, the weather, the climate was very different, which I had a hard time dealing with and I, I couldn't, uh, I used to think, oh, it is so hot. I cannot bear this heat. Maybe it will cool off a little bit when night falls. Oh no, it didn't cool off when night fell. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or at any other time, it was just as hot as it was in the daytime. So then I would think to myself, oh, maybe it will rain. It always cools things off when it rains. Oh no, (laughs) all it did was put steam in the air (laughs) so it felt Uh like it couldn't breathe. (laughs) So just with that little amount of explanation, that, that first summer in South Carolina with me being pregnant and getting used to that hot summer and all of that was a very different experience for me as well but I will say this the people that I lived around were very very kind to me and it was a it didn't take long to get to know people they were they were friendly hospitable and it was a that part was just fine so, i just enjoyed getting to know the people in the ward and other people around that neighbors and whatnot that that i got acquainted with and so all of those things made it livable and don got acquainted with some of the people that were at his work in the in the army and we we got along just fine it just it just took a little while to get to get used to some of those things that were new and different
0: mm-hmm. for
1: me and uh, i had been on a mission but my mission was up in the northwest and the climate up there was only a little bit colder but not so completely different as the climate in in south carolina but It was a there was always someplace interesting to go and new places to look at. And if he had any time off of work, why we could uh, we could go places and and learn about the about the area. I will tell what I think is a funny little story. I wanted to get to I want wanted to get my driver's license renewed or maybe just get a driver's license for South Carolina. I don't remember what the rule was there, but but we went over to we lived in Columbia, which was the state capital, and we went over to the state house to to get this little task done, whatever whatever it was that I that I needed done about about driving the car and and so we walk, walked up that long flight of stairs, state capitals look a lot alike in various, in various states. And so we got up there and we, we went inside the building and we couldn't see anybody, not a living soul anywhere. And we walked back and forth, couldn't see anybody. There didn't seem to be, none of the offices in the building seemed to be open and so we're totally bewildered. What's going on? Why? why is everything deserted? And at last we walking around came upon a, I think a, a, a custodian maybe. And, and so we said to him, why are all the, why are all the offices closed? And he looked at us as though we had just landed from Mars. And he said, well, don't y'all know that it's Jefferson Davis's birthday? (laughs) Well, no, we didn't know that. (laughs) I thought that was kind of a funny little thing. Well, eventually the day came, the time came when it was time for us to have this baby. Oh, wait, I should tell you one more thing before that happened, just before that. One day my husband came home and he said, it's really hard for me to get over to work and back on the bus. And he says, I just feel like we need a car of our own a car that we can come and go in, but I just can't figure out how we're ever going to do that because we just don't have any money. And he was kind of mourning all of this. And and I said, well, how much do you think it w- we would need in order to, to get a car of our own? And he, he said, Well, I think that we can find a serviceable used car, an older car for around $300. Now you understand this was a long time ago, but that's what he thought he could get a car for. And I said, well, you know, we've never talked about this, but I have a bank account, I have a savings account. And there's more than $300 in my savings account. And we can get a car if that's what you need. And he was just staring at me, open mouth. You have $300? Yeah, I just been putting away money ever since I started to work.
0: You shared pieces of, oh, sorry. You shared a little bit of that story last time. 300 $300 $300 today is about $3,000. So that, that would be a significant uh, chunk of change to, uh, to reveal that you have access to. That's, that's very fun.
1: Yeah. Well, I forgot that I talked about that last time. However, when we, when we had a car, then he could come and go and it was easier and for him and it was good for all of us. But on the morning that we decided that this is the real thing, at least we think it's the real thing, seems to be what it says in the books is gonna happen when you're gonna have a baby. <laughs> so we he drove me over to the post and took me to the, I guess the infirmary, wherever it had been, I'd been, I'd been having regular checkups with the dogs. Is
0: this- on the base or, or off?
1: On the base, right on the base at the at the hospital there. And he delivered me there. And like then he he stayed around for a while and finally he said, It doesn't look like the baby's gonna come very soon in the next little <laughs> while. So I guess I'll go I guess I'll go over to work. And, and so he he went. He went to work and and I just waited there most of the most of the day and eventually in the evening then things got then things got real and and our our baby was uh, born in the post hospital and the doctor that uh, delivered that delivered Jeannie was named Captain Rollo. R O L O, R two Ls I think R O L L O.
0: Captain Rollo Rollo, that is that's a Viking name.
1: <laughs> so he she was she was delivered around just just after midnight
0: and oh my the, goodness, uh I just made a connection. Rollo is the uh. That is the Norwegian version of the English name Rolf, which is the man my mom later married, my dad, Rolf. So she was oh. delivered by a Rolo and then married a Rolf. That's a fun connection. Uh, well, I'm
1: glad you thought of that. I'd never heard that before.
0: That's yeah, awesome. it's, it's uh, I love Norwegian history because because of my dad, who is Norwegian, but uh, anyways, continue, my, my mom was just <laughs> delivered by a Viking captain.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, that's awesome news to me as well. <laughs> so then, Don, Don said he told his captain, his captain, is a uh, file leader i don't know enough about the army to say what everybody's job is but anyway his boss he told him that his wife just had a baby and he he really wanted to go over to the hospital and see his wife and he says that, told him to just go then just take off time off of work and and I think I I can remember that I said before that his job in, there was was being a cook and uh, and one of it at this time I think he was he was uh, his job was being a baker and he was in the on the night shift because they would bake the bread and and uh, biscuits and whatever they needed for the next day during the night and then the day shift would would cook the the meal right at the time of when they needed to eat it but the baking was done in the middle of the night so he just told him just just go just go over there and and see the baby who so he came over and saw me and saw the baby and we were pretty happy about this cute little baby girl, and uh, just a, a little side note: there were there were two babies in in two adjoining delivery rooms side by side, and there were two babies being born about the same time, and the this doctor, Captain <laughs> <laughs> Captain Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> would would spend a little time in one delivery room and then the other delivery room seeing which attending to whichever one needed attention right at that moment. And and eventually both the babies were delivered and and all and all was well. And and I was telling this story to somebody along the way and they said, this person said to me, well, are you sure they didn't mix the babies up. Are you sure you got your own baby and, and not the other person's baby? And I said, well, there's one sure way that I know that I got my baby and not that other person's baby, because that baby was black and my baby was
0: white. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty, pretty easy to identify classifier.
1: <laughs> so aside from aside from all of that why we we learned how to take care of our pretty baby and and we loved having her here and we soon soon were able to take her over to church and introduce her to to our ward family those nice people that that were in the church there. And, and they had this, they had this, this thing that they did that at first I wasn't sure I liked it, but it turned out, everything turned out to be okay. The ward members? Yeah, with the ward members. And what it was, was the minute you came through the door, somebody would arrive and say, oh, let me take the baby. And they would take the baby and the baby would go off on a round of visits with whoever was handy. They all loved babies and they loved, and they would just take the baby from the mama. And while I was getting settled in in my pew, (laughs) Why the baby would be making her, her rounds with all the sisters in the ward, and and uh, I thought that was a kind of interesting. But they just that was just an illustration of how friendly they all were and how kind everybody was. And they they just would they just loved they just loved this new baby in the ward, and they. They just passed her around from person to person. And finally, somebody would bring her back to me.
0: <laughs> so going from it just being you and grandpa to now there's a, a third in, in your life, what sort of impact did that have on your, uh, oh, for example, your, your free time, your schedule?
1: Well, it didn't, it didn't b- really bother us much on, about in that regard, because first of all, we didn't have very much, but <laughs> every time, but, but second, we just took the baby along, you know, and she was just part, she was just part of the part of the family and part of the program. So we just had her with us wherever we went and whatever we did, we just took her along and and that was, and that part was, was nice and just, just lovely. And we didn't really have a lot of problem getting used to the idea of having three, but Don had, Don had gone into the, some kind of a shop area at the, on base and had found some discarded pieces of of lumber and and in some of the free time that he had while he was on base, he had made by hand a little baby bed, a crib. And I was so impressed with that and so touched by the fact that that he wanted to do that. And he, he made that, that nice little bed and we didn't have, they didn't pay the, you, you, you did a 10 times thing on the, on the money, the value of the money and his, uh, his pay when we first started out, he was a private and His pay was $21 a month. So times that by 10 and that would be if we were getting paid $210 a month in today's world. You know, we were poor, (laughs) but that's all right. We We just made do with what we had, but we already had a little budget that we set up for ourselves and we,
0: yeah it's about 204 dollars uh a month is how much grandpa was making uh, as a cook
1: Yep. so yeah,
0: yeah your 300 dollars would have felt very that's like a year's income almost <laughs> at that level yeah
1: well it, i was i was grateful i was grateful we had that and he made the he made the little baby bed out of discarded uh, scraps of lumber that was found in the in the wood shop. And so now we were just all set because we had a place for the baby to live and a place for us to live <laughs> live in our apartment. And we just we had an extra pillow. We just put our a pillow underneath the baby in this bed, and and uh, we managed we managed just all right. And we had we had this budget set up for for a year a year in in advance, and everything that we purchased we wrote down, and everything came out of our came out of our small little amount of Small little amount of money that we were making, but we were doing all right. We did all right, and and
0: uh... so as a new family, as a new mother, you you now have my mother as a little baby in your arms. Um, what were what were some of the worries that you had? Like what, sorry, what were some things that you were concerned about or worried about that you weren't before?
1: Well, I heard one of one of the things that was going on in society right at that time was an outbreak of the of polio, which is a very terrible disease. It's a terrible disease because it's catching like it's contagious like covid is today but it would leave people paralyzed if it if they didn't die of it and so it was a it was a really dreaded disease and i re, that was that was something that i did worry about i worried that, that she might catch polio. And anyway, not long after that, maybe a couple of years after that, the Salk vaccine was developed against polio and we began to have a a vaccination that was available that would prevent polio so that particular worry got over with, but not not until, not maybe for two or three years after that, I don't remember exactly how long, but somewhere along in there, the sock vaccine came on. But that was one thing that made it so that I didn't worry about that any longer. But anyway, mm-hmm. that was just one thing that was a worry. And I was a brand new mother and I worried that she, she just seemed like uh, she just seemed like she d- didn't uh, gain weight, and I worried if there was something dreadfully wrong with her. So, when we went for one of our checkups, I asked the the doctor about that, and this was not Captain Rolo.
0: <laughs> this was not Captain Rolo, Viking Captain Rolo. <laughs>
1: But anyway, this this doctor looked at, at the baby and looked at me and he said, well, I don't think you can put I don't think you could put weight on a race horse. <laughs> he thought that he thought that this baby and this mother looked like the same breed. <laughs> Just thin and lanky. So anyway, he persuaded me that she was that she was healthy and not to worry about, not to worry about anything in that regard. And then, and then I learned to how to supplement her feed with with a bottle and get some baby formula and feed, feed the baby on the bottle, as well as the breastfeeding, which I had been doing. And so Then she started to gain weight, and she smiled a lot more, and she was happy, and I think maybe she was just a little hungry, too.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly am uh, less smiley when I'm hungry, so I I must have inherited it. (laughs) (laughs) So in addition to uh, new worries, New Parenthood brings with it a lot of new joys. What were some of the new joys and sources of happiness that you experienced because of your newfound motherhood?
1: Well, for one thing, it was like a feeling of of uh, satisfaction to know that we did have a baby. We did have a child and this was something we'd look forward to forever. We felt really, we both felt the same way about that. We wanted children and we had kind of planned on having 12 and thinking, well, here's our number one and this is is wonderful. And we felt good about all of that. But you know, a baby just brings joy with it when it comes. And so it was so delightful just to look at the baby and tease a smile out of her and then as time went on, why she learned to do these little different things. Oh, look, she can roll over. Oh, look, she plowed her way all the way to the end of the crib. <laughs> 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 and she can do this and she can do that little, just little whatever, whatever it might be. And uh, she was quick on everything. She she cut her teeth early. She had two, she, sprung two teeth the day she turned four months old and she learned to, she learned to crawl when she was about four and a half months old, something like that. She did everything fast. And so of course we thought she was the smartest, best baby that ever had been born. And so we just enjoyed every little moment. And it was fun just to hold her, look at her, talk to her and watch what she was learning to do and all of those things. Great joys. Babies bring their place with them when they come. And that's a great, that was a great amount of joy that way. So we were just very
0: happy to have her. That's wonderful. Did you feel like having children like changed you fundamentally or did you feel like you're you were the same person, but now with a baby.
1: Yeah, more like that I. Like I say, I always kind of anticipated. Raising a family and being a mother, and then I was one of the younger ones in my family, my large family, when I was growing up and so. My sisters all had babies when I was a teenager. And so there was a good built-in babysitter. They could always they could always get me to come and babysit. And and so from from the time I was 12 or 14 on up, I had I had children in the family that I that i was accustomed to being around and and taking care of and things like that so so for me personally it never was a really hard adjustment to become a parent it was more like this is what i've been this is what i've been waiting for this is my this is my moment this is my time it's it's my It's more like this is me. This is what I what I've always expected and anticipated. So I didn't have a hard time with that. And I've read a lot of articles and and learned what a hard time it it has been for many, many young mothers, but it never that part never was hard for me. But sometimes I had some questions about about things that I didn't know what to do. So I would write a letter to my sister who was actually younger than I but married before me and she had babies and I would say, how many diapers do you think I need in order to have enough and, and take care of this baby? How many nightgowns? How many whatever's the, the baby might need? What do you think I need? What kinds of things do you think I need? And I would write her letters and. You see, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have internet, we didn't have any kinds of communication except a telephone, which was extremely expensive to call long distance. So I didn't call long distance, but I did write letters to my to my mother and to my sister and and like that and and ask any questions like that. And then the sisters in the ward were, were good and they they could they could answer my questions too if i had if i had any serious questions or problems but but it wasn't it to me personally it didn't seem like a hard um, adjustment i don't know how it, i don't know how it felt to dawn he just seemed, he seemed to be the same as me about it, that his, this was something he was really eager for all his life and was happy to, to have a baby and, and was happy to move, move forward with that. The one thing that fretted Dawn about being in the army, and he used to tell me this, he used to say, I just wish that i could draw on some of the of the funds that i will make later on in my life because i'm planning on making plenty of money and now we need it and i wish we could draw on some of that now when we need it so bad but uh, that's the that's one of the things that kind of fretted him a little bit was the fact that that there was there was not enough money to, to take care of all the, what we perceived as needs, and, but anyway, that was okay. Even so, because we made it through, but there, that one, that one Christmas, the, for some reason, the, the checks got, they failed to materialize. I don't know what happened. I don't know why, why the checks didn't come, the paychecks didn't
0: come. Was one they of were, the Christmases you spent on base?
1: Yeah, the first, probably the first Christmas, but it might've been the second one, I don't remember. Anyway, um, I just remember that it was Christmas time, And we just, we just had nothing we had, we were trying to wait it out until the check came and they kept telling us, well, it should be here anytime. It should be here right away. Don't, don't worry. Well, you know, we were worrying because we were running out of food and, and we didn't, it was coming time to pay the rent again. And like that, there were, there were very definite needs that we were trying to get. So I took an inventory of everything that we had to eat in the house. I just wrote it all down on a list. And then I plotted out how many meals we needed between then and whenever we thought the checks would come. And I figured out this could go with that and this could go with that. And we can have, we've still got a few potatoes and we've got some cans of this and that. And we just put it it together as best we could to like make a meal together out of what we had in the house because we couldn't buy any more at that moment. And, and finally, finally we came to down to, it ended up that we had one last thing in the house that we hadn't eaten and it was a can of pumpkin. And I had planned on making a pumpkin pie out of it, but we didn't have any, we didn't have any uh, flour to make a pie crust with. And it just didn't seem like very much of a meal when all we had to do was sit down and eat, warm up that can of pumpkin <laughs> and eat it because that's all there was left in the house. But fortunately for us, why well, right away, the last check arrived and we made it. And we got
0: along all right. I can imagine that being pretty stressful with a with a new baby in the house on top of the the fact that there's just no money for food.
1: Yeah. Well we did have we still did have some formula, so and then I was breastfeeding. So anyway, we got along all right. It worked out all right. But about that time the check finally arrived and Dawn was so relieved because i'm sure it was hard on him he thought here i've got my family out here and we're all starving <laughs> and i and he felt like that i think he mu- i think he probably felt like he must have been some kind of a failure of some kind as father because there was nothing there there was nothing but it was after that that we made that that year's budget for our with our money and we just plotted everything that would happen and what we would what we would spend our money for had to pay our rent and we moved we moved two or three times into into a, an apartment of some kind that was going to be cheaper than the one that we were then living in so that we're rent went down a little bit and and we managed it that way but don loved to say he loved to tell stories of these days and tell people that you you can live on practically nothing you just have to make a year's budget and stick by it <laughs> and what it cost 25 cents to go to a movie and once, like once in a month or so, why we'd spend twenty-five cents to go to a movie, and the cheapest kind of, the cheapest kind of meat that we could buy at the commissary on, po- on uh, post was, was liver, and we learned to enjoy liver and onions, and we ate a lot of that that winter.
0: <laughs> well, you. Uh... And ice cream was really cheap. (laughs) Hey, that's good. There you go. Every cloud has every rain cloud has a silver lining. So every
1: Uh, actually every
0: liver dinner has dessert, has ice cream dessert. (laughs)
1: That's
0: just that's just how it was. Yeah. So how much time was between so my my mom was born in 1955. Uh, how much time was between your children w- or i guess when was the next child born
1: well i told you how hard that that first summer was when when we were when i was pregnant and we were expecting your mother and uh, then by the time the next summer came around our baby was not very old but Then I was pregnant again. And so we spent those years in the army, we spent two hot summers in South Carolina and both summers, we were, I was pregnant. And I thought, I just, this is just too hot <laughs> and too hard, <laughs> but it wasn't too hard. It was something that we could do, and we were expecting Jolene, and uh, turned out, as it turned out, she was born. She was born in 1956. Five five days after Jeannie was one year old. So they were just just barely over 12 months apart.
0: Yeah, that is that is that's like back to back. Yeah uh, how, how many children how many of your children were born in the 1950s?
1: Well, the first three, our, our first three girls were all born in the fifties because Jeannie was born in 55, Jolene in, in 56 and Mary in 57. By then, he, he was uh, out of the army and we had returned to, uh, to Utah and he was enrolled at Brigham Young University. And so, Jolene was, Jolene was a little bitty thing. And I mean, Gene was a little bitty thing. And we, when he was, um, when he was discharged from the army and his his boss really liked him. He wanted him to what they called re-up. He wanted him to sign up for an, for some more, and he instead he said, "No, he says I'm not going to sign up for more, but he says I'm going to ask for an early release so I can go to college because his uh, his two years enlistment wouldn't be up until uh, until in uh, um, November." and he wanted to get out in september so that he could go to college and so that's when his that's when his commanding officer was trying to persuade him to sign up again and he says no I'm not going to do that and he says but I'll give you an, a, I'll give you a, a rank advancement and he says you'll be a you'll be a, a,
0: a super cook
1: yeah <laughs> yeah you'll be a corporal or something I don't remember which what it was that it was going to be but it would be it would be more money and it would be a, a a rank advancement so he says i'll I'll do all this for you if you'll just sign up again and and go longer and he says now he says i'm going to get a higher rank than that and the guy stared at him he says what are you going to be don says i'm going to be a private citizen
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to be a private citizen the highest rank of all i mean yeah
1: so anyway anyway he they did, they did accept his request to get out two months early and, and be, become a private citizen. And then we, we had that little car that, that he bought and, and somebody in the ward wanted us to, to pull a trailer from South Carolina back to Utah and that would that would help this person out. And it also gave us a little a little space that we could could take some of our things home with us, whatever. And I had I had an old washing machine, but it ran. And I thought I cannot get along without this washing machine. I just so we put the washing machine in that little. Tow trailer that seemed like it was a two-wheeler I not sure but it was a very small trailer that attached to the back of our car and uh, we put the washing machine back there and we sold whatever else we had we had purchased except for the baby bed and I wouldn't part with that the, the bed that he made for the crib he made for Jeannie and uh, whatever else we had and we had that we had we had our car and that that little trailer with the stuff on behind and we had a little a little they didn't have things like they have today they didn't have car seats and all those kind of things and we had this little bed that was it was a fold up kind of a kind of a thing that uh, would just barely fit our baby, and she could she could fit between the two seats, between the front seat and the back seat, on down on the floor, and um, so that was that was her place, and she was about six months old, and she could when lay you there left and,
0: When you left base, did you have two children or just one? One. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was in between on Jolene. She hadn't been born yet, so Jeannie was about six months old, and so I'd have her, I'd have her baby bottles and like that, and Made up ahead of time. And as we drive along, why, if she'd wake up, why I just hand her her bottle to drink and she'd lay there in that little bed between the two seats, just on the right, right on the floor, but not the bed stood up so that she was about even with the back seat. But see, we didn't have, they didn't have such thing as car seats. They didn't even have those little carriers that people carry babies from one place to another they didn't have any of those kind of things yet very very few things to help with with managing a baby but we that was the way we that was the way we came home clear across the united states and The reason I mentioned that washing machine, I just felt like I couldn't live without the washing machine. And we jolted it all the way from South Carolina to Provo, Utah. And when we got here, the washing machine wouldn't run.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) All that effort.
1: (laughs) And I had to give it up and get a new one after all. So anyway, sometimes you just think you need something real bad and you find out that you could have got along without it at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's just one little story about coming across the, across the United States and, and I, I couldn't... Uh, we were... We were driving a little bit late that night trying to make time get as far as we possibly could. And so it, it got dark and as we were driving along all of a sudden, we're somewhere like in Kansas or somewhere where the world is very flat and our lights went out and we were between towns, there was nothing. No help for us anywhere and we didn't know what we were gonna do. And a car passed us just at this time and we talked it over and decided that our best bet would be get right behind this car and stay right behind him and let him be our lights so Don speeded up a little bit and this guy thought, well, who is this trying to creep up on me in the night?
0: With no headlights on. <laughs> with no
1: headlights on and he was scared and he started going fast, but Don just drove fast.
0: Just <laughs> right behind him. In the middle of a country road, a car with no headlights is suddenly on your tail. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine
1: that that man was petrified but after we'd gone a while and nothing happened, he didn't. we didn't like try to run him off the road or anything. We didn't do anything to him. Finally, I guess he just decided, well, apparently they don't have any headlights. <laughs> anyway, he slowed down to a normal speed and I don't know how many miles we followed him. And, but we said to ourselves, Whatever we come to first, is an, if it's an open station, we'll stop and see if we can get help to get the lights turned on. Or if it's an open motel, whatever we come to first, we'll stop at. So that's just one more little story that we remember from, from crossing the plains in the middle of the night with our baby. That's very fun. <laughs> in tow. So and we came to a motel. So that's so we stopped, and stayed the night, and the next morning got the lights fixed so that we could drive day or night. <laughs> we still had to get the lights fixed because we had that little trailer on behind, and we had to have lights hooked onto the trailer.
0: Mm-hmm. So in those in the in the early years of of being a parent, you know, you had a lot of kids write one right after another 55 56 and 57 with uh, Jean Jolene and and uh,
1: Mary Mary
0: yeah. um, what was your basic like for lack of a better term what was your basic approach to mothering in those early years with the the early the young 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 babies
1: well i don't i don't know i just think it was the same as same as all my life just take care of these children try to teach them and do the best you can with this with this life because this is what you want and this is what you signed on for and you'll, you'll just do it. That's sort of, I think that's kind of what you're asking me. We just wanted to, we just wanted to do the best we could, make the best of what, of the whole thing and find joy in the journey. Cause we just, we just thought these little kids were the cutest things that ever had been born. And we were very proud of them. And we, and we loved them and enjoyed them and thought the things they did and said were cute. And we just enjoyed them immensely as we went along and uh, uh, wanted to just have it be a happy, successful experience.
0: Awesome. So just do your best and love the journey. Sounds like basically what you were what you were trying to do. That is that's wonderful. To round up today's uh, conversation, um, I want to ask you, what advice do you have for new parents today and in the future?
1: Well, the first thing is to love your children. Just love them. They won't do everything perfectly according to what you think is perfect, but love them anyway. And the second one is just what you said a minute ago, find joy in the journey. Just enjoy it as you go along. There. Your children are gifts from God, and they are the children of God, and he helps you with all the struggles, all the problems, all the issues that come along in life. He wants you to succeed just the same that as you want to succeed, and he is there to help you. So that if you want advice, that's it. Love your children, love the Lord, love each other, your husband husband and wife love each other, and just enjoy the journey as you go along.
0: That is profound. Thank you for having this conversation with me today, Grandma. Um, I'm going to end it here but uh I love you very much
1: thank you Jonathan I love you too you're one of those that I'm proud of
0: oh thanks I love you